0: Hey guys, this is Jess from com, and this week on the pod, we have a very special guest, um, my friend Dan from work.
1: Hi, my name is Daniel Delicati, and I work at jet.com with Jess. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we're here today trying to talk a little bit about, you know, how my feelings and thoughts about uh, side hustling and um, ultimately financial independence. Dan
0: and I met like, I don't know, a year and a half ago. Yep. Does that sound about
1: right?
0: Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, and I always remember like talking to Dan about these different sort of side hustles that he does. So I guess first I want to talk about like what do you define as a side hustle? Like what what does it mean?
1: So yeah, so a side hustle is just anything that's out of the normal, you know, responsibilities of like day-to-day work, right? So any anything that's outside of that realm um would me to me be considered a side hustle and um you know i've always been a hustler so you know just kind of understanding the concept of time and money. I always wanted to just create better value for my time. Like I don't want to have idle time, nor do I want to do anything for free, right? And I wanted to start like building that value. So as I was working my nine to five, I knew I could do more. I knew I wanted to do more. I didn't think the paycheck I got uh, was an accurate depiction of my actual value. Um, So you know so i started to think about side hustles and um and that's kind of how it came to be and then i grew like this really nice passion for it um and it kind of was just natural um and as i started doing it more and more started realizing uh started coming up with different ideas and you know why i'm doing it and then kind of actually even started pivoting my ideas as you know money came in um and, you know, we'll talk about that later in the, uh, okay. the podcast.
0: Cool. Look at you. You're like the leader of the pod.
1: That's it.
0: <laughs> uh, so I guess how did you actually, like, when did this come about? What Do you remember, like, a defining moment where you were like, I don't want to just, like, do this 9 to 5. I don't want to just, you know, like, where did this come from? How? When?
1: So honestly, you know, if I were to, like, pinpoint it, I would say... Um, you know, after college or during my senior year of college, I played soccer um, at Iona College and I tore my ACL and it was a career ender for my um, my playing days. So what happened was I really needed that, you know, that competitive juices again. And I needed yeah. to like understand and like really because, you know, I was just removed from it and I thought, you know, it ended prematurely. Uh, so what I did was I started um, playing soccer for a semi-pro team. And, unfortunately, I had the same injury, same knee. Um, And so instead of, like, paying to play soccer, right, because at that point you're paying to be on the team, you're paying for the uniform, you're paying. And um, I thought it was a great idea since I knew soccer, I did well, um, that it would be a nice, easy transition to become a referee. And knew that hey, what's my return on investment going to be? Right, I'm a finance major, and I understood that hey, it's going to cost seventy five dollars to, you know, to get the certification, and then it's going to cost you know um, a couple hundred bucks to get uniforms, and you know that RRI would return me, you know, as many games as I could do. Um, so that's kind of what happened. It came from just wanting to kind of free up or. You know utilize my idle time in a constructive way,
0: gotcha. So, so you became a referee,
1: I became a soccer referee, correct?
0: Okay, for the same team that you had been paying to play for,
1: um, or well,
0: directly,
1: like yeah. So, it so I thought it would be that, that type of transition. Uh, unfortunately, right, like anything in life, you kind of have to climb the ranks. So, uh, when it first started, I was doing a lot of you know youth ball in, in my area, um, and you know, the only difference or issue with that is, you know, the, the pay isn't as well as, you know, when you do older adults, higher really? level games. Yeah. You- that
0: kind of surprises me. Like adult. Like, are these people professional adult players, or are they just playing for
1: fun? So, yeah, it's it, it depends, right? Okay. Some of them are, you know, you can do an over-30 league, over-40, right? Those are kind of like beer leagues, things like mm-hmm. that. You just want to kind of play AKA soccer. drink
0: beer, yeah. and play soccer.
1: Yeah, you want to, you know, you know they, they do it more for a social. Um, yes, they were good at one point, but now they're older. They just want to kind of get out there. Right. Um, but you know you get paid based off of like how long the game is, so you know oh. when you're doing a youth league, right, they only play about thirty minute halves um and depending on the league, they pay different rates so um yeah, so the the money was wasn't as good at first, but I thought of it as, hey, if I can make at least a hundred bucks a weekend that that's a win to me
0: that's amazing, and
1: that's what I was doing, and as I started doing it, people started realizing this. This guy's good. He's, he likes it. And I started yeah. getting more um, assigners, which gave better games. And then I started doing, like, summer tournaments where, like, the leagues would kind of die down. Wow. So it was, like, hard to make money. If you didn't know those assigners, you're not getting any games in the summer. So, therefore, you're not making any money. So now, you know, fast forward, I now I know every assigner in New Jersey and am able to pick and choose, like, which kind of games I do, the highest-paying games, the higher-level yeah. games and ultimately like become a better referee because I do enjoy it and I always wanted to give back to the sport.
0: Right. And how long have you been refing now?
1: I've been roughing since two thousand eleven.
0: Okay. So that's like seven almost eight solid years of refing.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's amazing. For sure.
0: And would you say you're making more money now than when you started?
1: Uh absolutely. And the best part about it is now I don't even do as many games and as we'll go go along with you know more side hustles and stuff, now I actually you know, have better ventures that pay more money. So now I'm able to pick and choose and not be kind of, you know, um, handcuffed to refereeing because now I have it coming in from other sources at a better rate um, and then ultimately start progressing that as I go forward. You know, maybe am I going to be a referee, you know, for the long term? It's, you know, I see a lot of older guys doing it. You know probably not if if I can keep on the path I'm going and, and keep on improving the the side hustle and ultimately like build I want to build an empire but yeah you um, do <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah that's that's the goal I want to be the master of like my domain and understand and then call my own shots and then I know the value right I know how much value I actually provide and then ultimately you know make sure I get paid based off of that in the future.
0: Cool. So since you mentioned it, let's go into those other ventures that you've been a part of.
1: Yeah. So a couple years ago, I started, um, helping a family friend. Unfortunately, she, um, got, you know, she broke her leg and needed someone to take over her show. So what she does is she owns a company that has, uh, imported olive oils and vinegars from Italy. And yeah, really good. (laughs) Um, no, seriously and goes to these shows, trade shows, art shows, food shows, you know, you, you go there, you go early, you pop a tent, you set up a you know couple tables, you put the product on there, you put samplers out there, and you know, you let people kind of interact and you're just your salesperson. Um, so instead of her having to eat all of the the show fees, she asked me if I would be able to or would want to uh, help out. So I knew this option was available but you know, years ago, she would just pay, like, a certain fee or a certain, like, amount. And, like, no matter how much you sold or didn't sell, you're still just getting that fee. And when I did the breakdown of, you know, hourly and effort and things like that, I thought refing was a better opportunity because it was at that right. point. So I did a lot more games. So fast forward, she made me an offer about – it's basically a commission base – and, you know, I would pay the, the show fee and things like that. But the more I sell, the more I make. Right. So
0: so you're more motivated.
1: So you're, so actually, so you're more motivated. Right. Exactly. If, you, if you're not, if you don't have that, that, you know, that caveat, you're not going to be willing to sell. You're just going to be there watching the clock. Um, so I knew that the more I hustle during that, the more I can make. So as I'm. Selling up until the minute that e- or even past when the scheduled time of the show was supposed to end, you know, I would be selling because I knew that. Whereas other vendors, you know, I guess aren't as hungry and they would set up like right. 15 20 minutes early because they didn't think they could make another sale. Um, so I so I started doing that and I helped her out with about I don't know five or six shows and I figured out that I'm a pretty good salesman.
0: Yeah, um, I could tell that. I could tell that even before like you mentioned this olive oil thing, I feel like you're very personable and yeah. you're able to connect with you know the people who would be buying your product, yeah, which, for sure, in some sense, like you're selling yourself as a as a product, you know exactly, like, people want to invest in your brand
1: exactly exactly, and you know, I never knew that, and I always, I kind of just like, you know, came into back office operations where you don't, you're not client facing or anything of that nature. And you know, those people ha- made me believe it was a lot harder, you know, being customer f- facing than it actually is. I mean, it is hard, right? You have to, you know, they're going to call you questions. They're going to be upset if if the assets you told them to invest in went down. Right. Um, but you know, it's it, when you're commission based or you have equity in a company you're you're more motivated because the bottom line is ultimately going to help your pay right um and you know then realizing that i started saying hey well i'm make, i'm doing you know x amount of shows and you know reffing only makes me this amount so now i'm going to start focusing more on the selling and yeah i'll sprinkle in some refereeing like when right. i'm free and, like, this weekend, I had a couple games, you know, made a couple hundred bucks, but I didn't have shows. So it kind of worked out where, hey, now I'm starting a piecemeal every weekend or mostly every week. I did take a couple weekends this year in the summer to make sure I started, you know, can enjoy life, right, that work uh, work balance, work-life balance. Yeah. Um, that was actually yeah. what I was
0: going to ask you. It sounds like you, you dedicate a lot of, like you said, your extra time, your idle time to your side hustles. Do you ever feel like wow, I wish I had just like a little more time with my wife or like being able to slow down and like do something fun, like go to the movies or whatever, you yeah. know, or is this like fulfillment enough for you in, in your life?
1: Well, I see it this way, right? I'm trying to work as hard as I can now so I can enjoy life it later. And
0: like if you have kids, yeah, if I have
1: kids, exactly like I want to be the parent because my you know, my dad and mom fortunately were at all of my like sporting events and graduations. I don't want to be that parent um, that, you know, unfortunately let's, has to go to work and can't like experience that. Right. It's one thing where you can see it on a, you know, on a tape, on a, on a a DVD, things like that. But, you know, being there, right. When I look at my tapes, you know, from when I was younger and things like that, I always heard my dad, I always heard my mom, you know, like that's that's cute. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that I'm always going to remember about them. And, you know, and I have it there on footage that, you know, that's what happened. And, um, yeah, that's ultimately what I'm trying to do. I think, you know, I don't have any regrets. Like, a lot of my friends want to hang out, but they don't understand what I'm trying to accomplish and what I'm trying... Because, they're, unfortunately, like, you know, you can't just... It's not something you can just tell somebody and they're all automatically going to, like, understand, right? You kind of have to understand the person and, you know, what their current situation is, right? right. Um, you know, I can't... You know, I was born into poverty. I really didn't have much. And that feeling of not having to worry about money was something that i always wanted to make sure i didn't have to think about and i know one thing that the more effort i put into you know these type of side hustles and then you know work in general that's going to start getting me to the point where i don't have to worry about uh, money um and then ultimately right build it so that eventually i don't have to work and i'm still getting income in So, um, you know, that's the main goal and I'm willing to sacrifice that now where, you know, I can pick and choose weekends where I hang out, things like that. But, you know, ultimately I'm not going to make everyone happy, um, in that sense. Like even, you know, my wife, she's really supportive, things like that. She makes some comments sometimes, but, you know, that's just the nature of, of, of wanting to, you know, get to the next level and, and understand that.
0: Yeah, but isn't isn't your wife kind of on the uh, the side hustle bandwagon too? Oh, for
1: sure, absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't do it without her, or yeah. at least without a second person. Like, you know, I know this year we she had a couple um, little bit of family health issues that she had to go to Texas, so she missed a couple weekends, and I was able to substitute um, my mom in. Um, but yeah, you know, I the reason why I like going with uh, with Andrea to these events is because not only. Is it, um, you know, she's learning that sales aspect. She's learning a whole different realm of, of the universe and, and face-to-face conversations and things like that. But we ultimately work as a team. Um, not, you know, is it always great? Like, no. Like, sometimes you get on each other's nerves, right, when you're with somebody so long. But, you know, I'd rather go through it with her and, and start building our relationship even more so for the future. You know, I ultimately want to make her into a boss, so that, you know, if something happens to me or, um, you know, who knows, she's well equipped for any type of situation. And right. that's what I've built or that's what I've helped her and, and tried to guide her to. Um, has it always been like easy? Has it always been, you know, kind of, you know, receptive? No, but yeah. um, now, she, you know, she understands little by little, right? Sometimes it has to be like a teaspoon approach. But, um, you know, she's getting there for sure.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, it's funny that that kind of came up in the conversation because I feel the same way with Brett and I, where Brett was always interested in all this side hustler stuff in terms of like financial like investing like he's always been investing he loves investing um he's always talked about like you know real estate maybe having that um two-family house and renting one side out like all of those different things he's always thought of and i never really did i was like you know i'm just gonna work my nine to five and and do that and it'll be fine um even though like i knew i never like i did not want to have to work the nine to five forever but i never put the pieces together where like if you do these side hustle things now and you start to invest now that will pay off and maybe one day you don't have to work the nine-to-five. Exactly. Um, and I think that's that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast um, because Jess in the Rail is supposed to be about like the real world and basically like, how to navigate the real world and I think one of the things that you can do to make your life the way you want it in the real world is to do these sort of side hustle things. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, Decide Hustle has, you know, it created a a nice momentum piece of, hey, now I'm making additional income. What do I do with that income? Yeah, what you know, do you what do with you, that income? You know, what do you kind of, what do you want to get done? What do you want to accomplish? So, you know, so it, it came to the point where it was like, all right, well, I have enough in the savings. I have enough in my checking. Like, what can I do now? You know, so my mindset was when I got married, I sat down. And, you know, I I just broke it down. I said, hey, how many hours in a day? We got 24 hours in a day, right? You you know, you have to sleep a little bit. You eat a little bit. You're not going to be working 24 hours in a day. But how do I make more money in that day? So, you know, you have your side hustles. That's the effort and stuff like that. But also with the saying, like, you got to spend money to make money. You know, that extra money started going to my investment accounts, And what I wanted to do was, hey, now in that 24-hour period, yeah, I'm going to work, let's say, 12 hours that day. But also my money is going to be working for me as well. So when you start investing, right? So I started investing in dividend stocks. So my plan was, hey, I want to triple my dividend every year. And I've done that so far. Really? As you, but as you get, you know, there's a um, a rule of seventy-two or something of that nature, where as you the dividend starts to increase that much, it gets harder and harder right. because you have to invest a lot more money. But at least I'm on the path. I did it three years straight. This year, unfortunately, won't be a triple, but it will be still a substantial amount of money that you know I wouldn't have gotten without it. So my money's working for me, and I'm working for myself. And then eventually, right, build more income streams like real estate and things like that. And then you're building passive income. And if you build those up enough, then eventually you don't have to work anymore. You could be sitting on a beach and, you know, money is just being made for you.
0: That is the friggin' dream.
1: Exactly. So that's like what Warren Buffett kind of always says and things like that. Like they invest heavily in dividend stocks in Berkshire Hathaway. And, you know, obviously they're on a much bigger scale, but these were kind of the principles he started out with. Instead of putting the money that he initially had into a house, he said, hey, I can make more money in the stock market. And, I mean, everyone knows Warren Buffett now. Yeah. Uh, and he's kind of stuck uh, to those principles throughout this whole time. And now he's, you know, he's, he's the guru,
0: Yeah, so can I ask, let's backtrack a little. One, I think people listening might be wondering, like, how much do you think a rule of thumb is, like, to be saving? Like, how did you know, like, I've saved enough in my savings account? You know, and now I'm like ready to invest. Yeah, so and, I, and and I know you're not like you know a financial expert, but like you're the same as you know you, you know me and like other people my age who are trying to figure out finances, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So I mean, you know, I always talk to like my boss and and other people like that. They kind of had a benchmark of ten thousand dollars, something of that nature. Um, and I had a good amount of money. It wasn't you know it wasn't exactly that number, but I kind of. You know, took a step back and said, you know, how much money would I need in an emergency? Right. And then I understood that, hey, if something went with the car, I think it would be a thousand, maybe two thousand dollars. Or, hey, um, if I really needed to get an airfare or something and go on an emergency trip, like, you know, be a couple thousand dollars. So I, I kind of put that benchmark at around three thousand dollars. And then anything else, I invested into the stock market. And that's when the stock market was, was down. You know, when I first put money into it, it went down. And I was like, oh, man, I was sweating it. I was like, man. <laughs> but it was, you know, if I could go back or my current self, I'd I'd kiss my, my younger self. Because it was the best decision ever. Like, yeah, it was tough to, like, not have that money, at, like, by my side and say, hey, right. I can touch this money. Or, hey, it's in an account where I can go get it. Um but it's just a long-term goal you right. know and you kind of have to understand that like don't get too worked up in 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 a market that's that's um that's moving because you know in the long term the market's always outperformed but you have to be in it to win it just like the lottery just like any of that um that stuff and you know ultimately I want the money working for me so think of it like a company if you hired a couple people they'd be working for you ultimately helping your company ultimately helping the bottom line same concept
0: right. Yeah, that's definitely something that I've been thinking about too recently. It's like, one, you want to have enough money to live, like whatever your expenses are on a monthly basis. Like you don't want to have to be living paycheck to paycheck. For sure. So you want to be able to like have money for rent and groceries and then like, you know, health insurance, car payments, whatever else. And then you kind of have to factor in that buffer, like you said, of having extra money just in case you have like an emergency, right? And then from there, it's like anything else that's not necessary, you should be investing, basically. Exactly. Um, I have this kind of lofty goal to start saving like 50% of my che- paycheck. And by saving, I mean, sorry, investing. Gotcha. Um, which I'm definitely far from that right now. But I think, like Dan said, I want I don't want to have to work this 9 to 5 forever and working for someone else. Like, I want... My money to work for me, damn it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, no <laughs> doubt. And it's not going to you know, that goal, right, is is a long-term goal. It's not like, hey, I'm just tomorrow going to ultimately do it. You know, I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, you know, now that I'm commuting a lot. And, um, and yeah, you know, a lot of people start saying, hey, if you want to change something, if you want to do something different, you want to you got to kind of lean into it, right? You got to kind of start somewhere and start that ball rolling forward because eventually, you know, it will get to 50% if that's your true goal, right? Right. It's great hitting goals and you always have to have goals. If you have no goals, what are you living for? Um, But it's also imperative to start, you know, Start that goal and just start moving it forward, whether it's a dollar a day, whether it's $2 a day, right? You start going forward and saying, hey, now I'm not going to utilize all of my paycheck, my take home on, you know, whatever it is, you're, you know, you see fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it comes down to, hey, what are my needs and wants? Um, and then based upon that, like, I know that's all I do. I, I It's always my needs. It's never really my wants. I mean, maybe golf here and there. But you know, the needs are hey, I'll wear a shirt out, I'll wear, you know, pants until they get holes in them because I know ultimately, like, hey, now I can go and buy, then I need it. I need it because the other thing has holes in it.
0: I feel the same way. At least now I do. (laughs)
1: Like
0: I said, before I especially too, so I just recently moved out, but before I moved out, I was like, well I'm not spending money on rent. So I have all this extra income, and I'm going to literally spend it however I want. So I would literally buy lunch every day. I would buy coffee every morning. I would order things online. And now I'm trying to step back from that and say, like, is this really important? Um, And I've also been watching Shark Tank recently,
1: which is a great show. show.
0: um, But the guy, Mr. Wonderful, I don't actually know his real name.
1: Uh, Kevin O'Leary.
0: Yeah, that guy. So Mr. Wonderful, he was on a commercial on um, whatever channel it's on, and basically he said, like, I have never spent money on coffee, like in a day. I just make it at home. I don't buy a latte, whatever. I spend less than like, I don't even know what he says, like 25 cents a day on coffee. So he really tries to like budget out his money um, and only spend things on areas you really, really want to spend it on.
1: Exactly. Yeah, for sure.
0: All right, guys, that was the first part of a two series interview with my friend Dan. If you want to hear more, make sure to listen to that second episode. We talk more about volunteering and giving back to the community. So definitely check it out. Thanks and see you later.